0: Your one-stop shop for all your Puro DVD needs. From Stardom to New Japan, from All Japan to Ice Ribbon, as well as incredible box sets documenting the best matches of your favourite Japanese wrestling icons, Puro TV has it covered with new items added every week. And now, as a special gift to listeners of the Stardom cast, Puro TV are offering 10% off. Simply go to puro-tv.com, use the promo code STARDOMCAST at checkout and get 10% off your entire order. Once again, that's the code STARDOMCAST to receive 10% off your entire order. The link to their website is in the podcast description. And now, onward the episode. Hey, this is Kevin Kelly and you are listening to the STARDOMCAST. And welcome to a very special episode of the Stardom Cast. I'm your host, Rob Good, and I'm joined as ever by Matt Turner. And I feel like it's appropriate that with Ring of Honor making its triumphant return to television this week, that we have a Ring of Honor alumni in Allison Danger. Alison, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, somebody booked me for an ROH show. It's pretty cool. <laughs> <Thanks> for-
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Um,
1: oh (laughs) (laughs) my gosh y'all are ready for it
0: (laughs) um so obviously Alison, you and matt um have known each other for a long time um how did you like come to know each other like what's the story behind that do you know the origin story or do you want me to
1: tell it I'm going to be general because I do have that quantum leap Swiss cheese brain. We met through of <laughs> honor when punk was the coach, correct?
2: Correct. And
1: I was in coach danger. And that was foreshadowing for the future. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, I like it.
1: Fix of the day. I just remember, I kind of just remember the group.
2: Yeah. I remember what would happen was a lot of times, and uh, punk would kayfabe us a lot on this which was the genius of him is there are times we'd be we would get to the dojo and we'd be stretching or whatever and punk would either be at tna he would be in japan or he i mean the one time he had a flight delay when he was working for pro wrestling gorilla and he never told us he wasn't gonna come to train or maybe every now and again he would tell haggador because haggador was working in the office but we would be stretching and there were times that like john walters would walk in or stevie richards would walk in but most of the time our you know, quote, I'm Rob, you're a teacher. Well, I guess a former teacher. Now, our substitute teacher would walk in be Alice in danger. And a lot of us would be, don't get it wrong, we love training with punk. We really didn't. I put him over all the time on the show. But when Alice and we were like, yes, yes, because this is good. <laughs> Number one with punk is like you would start, you would stretch, you would run like, this was in the old RF warehouse. We would run the five or six miles around the whole warehouse and we would do nowhere to lie of like a thousand squats. At, I mean, at least. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was it was brutal. Me and Hagedorn tried to figure out how many squats we would do in a session, but it was brutal. It be three, two or three hundred at a clip, and um so Allison would come in. She's like, "Okay, what do, what do you guys normally do?" So we usually run, you know, about five six miles. Like, okay, so we would run. We get to like two miles. Say, All right, guys, stop. So that's enough. Then be like, "What do you guys do?" And about like a thousand squats, like you know, two hundred and fifty a clip. Take a break, and then like do four. I said, "Okay." We get to like 200. She'd be like, well, okay, that's enough. Take a break. Do your push push-up sit ups. And then she would sit in the ring. Now we weren't allowed to touch the ring. We were not allowed to touch the ring until like four, four or five months in, but she would sit in the ring and she would go over flexibility. She would, we would do yoga. And then we would be able to kind of pick her brain on anything uh, that we would. And then she would just go into stories, certain things, this or that. And it was just awesome. And she always treated every one of the ring of honor students as the majority of a lot of people in the ring of honor, uh, locker room did with just so much respect and uh you know we always had such a ball when coach danger was uh coming 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 to teach the class
1: <laughs> we did
2: we 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 did we we, we were we earned a, lo- a awful lot and what's nice about the wrestling business and you know those allison way better than me is you may not see somebody you know five years 10 years 15 years and all of a sudden you bump into them and then you start remembering these stories and yeah. i probably haven't seen you in you know god god be 12 13 14 years and we saw okay. each other at that seminar back in the summer and it was just like remember that one time when remember that one time this happened remember the one time that that happened all these stories started clicking so that's just the the beauty about pro wrestling
1: and it's it's so nice to hear it from someone else's perspective and i i don't know why i can't center myself on the damn camera (laughs) Um, it's so neat to hear it from someone else's perspective because like you know, I've thought about my life and and sometimes I get it in my head where I'm like, yeah, nobody knows who I am. Nobody cares. Nobody remembers, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll meet someone. And they'll be like, oh, my gosh, we did this. And I was like, oh, my God, we did. Well, this meant this to me. And I'm like, my gosh, like it's just it's kind of nice. And and to be able to do that. And um, yeah, I'm like punk used to pull out the deck of cards. I remember that.
2: Gotch Bible. I'd still do it every week.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. He would definitely do that. And I'm like, you know, that's his thing. I I'm a, I'm a totally different coach and, and people and you've done my seminar. My seminars are completely different. I don't think anyone does seminars the way I do. And, you know, they're goofy and they're fun, but you learn a lot. And we did a, I did a four hour one for, um, Athena in Texas, Dallas, I believe for a uh, Metroplex wrestling. And we went four hours and I just looked at everybody. I go. I'm going to be honest, y'all. I got nothing else to do and, like, this is fun, y'all. I just want to keep going. Like, you don't have to pay extra. Like, let's keep going. We ended up going six hours.
0: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> there's overrun and then there's that, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm a big stick-to-your-times kind of person, except when it's me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your times doesn't go so in the ring. I'm, yeah, I'm a stick-to-my-times kind of gal for the mm. most part,
0: you
2: know. Yeah, you, you have to be.
1: <laughs> when I only no,
0: ten. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose Sweet. that's what makes, you know, a dojo like a really interesting place. If every teacher is exactly the same, if you trained in exactly the same way as punk did, then, you know, it would get very monotonous, I imagine, very, very quickly. But to have two very contrasting styles, and you mentioned the deck of cards. When I used to go to the gym, obviously, look at the state of me. I don't anymore. Um, but I re- I do remember the deck of cards. I don't know if it's a similar thing where obviously each card needs something different, and then whenever someone draws the joker, you will cry a little bit because you know it's going to be absolutely brutal. Is 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 this the same sort of training regime? Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah if anybody's wondering what we're talking about, it's called the gotch Bible. Uh, you know, you can look it up. You can do, you can do it again. I do it. I do it once a week. I mix it in with my, with my yoga. I go to the gym five or six days a week. And then I do that once a week. And I mix it with my yoga just because I'm 40, just to keep up with my flexibility and whatnot. Um, but how punk would do it is you would have your two colors. You'd have black and red and the black would be squats and the red would be uh, pushups. So whenever you drive that car, like you get the six, spades whatever you did six squats and then if you got a face card accounted as 20 the aces were 25 and the joker card was you do you double whatever you just did before so if you get a six you do 12 if you hit the card before was an ace then you do 50 so yeah um i tell everybody that uh give it a try but just maybe try it with like 20 22 cards to start because you (laughs) will burn your ass out and make the workout your own you know, you don't have to do squats or sit ups or push ups. You know, you make it if you want to do it like I do. Four different exercises because you have the four different suits. You have the clubs, the uh, the spades, the diamonds, and the hearts. So that that's what I do because I don't think I can be doing those thousand squats anymore. Maybe one day I'll try. Absolutely. And then
1: and next few days, you're just you're you're bathrooming.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My leg days is two days to recover now.
1: <laughs> I feel like this is something a lot of young wrestlers who weren't around in the early mid two thousands or even before then Mm. should be doing like always travel with that deck of cards in your bag. You're at the hotel, you got nothing to do. And if it's like, you know, a cheaper hotel that doesn't have a gym or you don't have the ability to get to a gym, you can still get a workout and you can get that conditioning and do what you need to do to keep going and pass the time. And, you know, wrestling, there's been a lot of times you sitting around at shows or you're sitting around in a hotel room and you got nothing to do and you know, pull out the Gotch Bible.
0: I think that's a great idea. Obviously, I've still got, I think I've still got a bit P- of PTSD from that blinking deck of cards from when I was doing it. But we'll I'm push obviously you through it, Rob. Thank you. We'll so I... much
2: danger after you. Sorry. It'll, it'll...
0: Shaking. <laughs> um now just before i've got quite a few questions i want to ask alison um i know that matt you wanted to ask a question first uh to the point where you were super excited and text me to make sure that you got the first
2: question in just a little ah. peek behind the curtain <laughs> so it, am i going you can't yeah, me in yeah, brother man, okay it. um so anybody that's listened to this podcast before know that we're massive fans of one miss eo shirai i've been quoted on this podcast several times by saying that i think she's the greatest women's wrestler of all time and i also think that she should be the one to defeat roman reigns for the uh, double titles at wrestlemania <laughs> but that's just me um alison i know that you spent some time down at nxt with uh, miss eo shirai you have any questions or any any questions any stories or any fun facts or anything on eo
1: so i know she loves cats i will <laughs> say he is as nice as she is amazing in the ring um And you would think, you know, somebody with that level of talent and that level of, like, notoriety doesn't have to be kind, doesn't have to be humble. Absolute, down-to-earth, sweet, sweet human being. Um, I got to work with her just a few times, more shadowing Finley being the actual producer, um, because he has such great rapport with the women down there. And um, uh, especially for, like, what was the one we did? Was it War Games that I got to shadow? on and eo and was in there and just like and they're like yeah and then eo's gonna do this and i'm sitting there going i couldn't do that on the best of days and she's been in the business how long and she's still getting it done i'm like good god but um absolute delight to work with very easy to work with very talented um i remember specifically on an nxt show where it was jc jane um Persia Parado, who's now Steph DeLander again, and uh, EO, and there was an injury, and all of a sudden it's just Steph and, and EO. And with the help of their producer, they killed it. And just everything live on TV was just called on the fly. And it's like, you know, you have two talented people, but then you have that language barrier, and they still felt their way through it. So I have nothing but respect for her.
2: How about um were you there when Kyrie was there or was she when you got down there, was she called up? Kyrie Kyerson.
1: So I never ran into Kyrie. I ran into Saray a bit. Um she was so sweet. I don't know if she's still there or not. I don't always keep up, but um yeah, I thought Saray was super sweet. Um I loved I loved the I loved the Chinese wrestlers like Erica Yan and um oh I called him Roger. What was it? Roof Bang? I I don't know, like Don. <laughs> Just, I love them. They're all, like, so sweet, and, and I know Dante's still there, and he's doing well, so, like, he's a good dude.
0: Yeah, he's been on Level Up this week. Um, I mean, my my big question, obviously, about your, your time in NXT was sort of piggybacking off what Matt said, and I was intrigued to know how, so obviously the Japanese talent that are brought into NXT how is the way they've trained different to the way the NXT and the performance center trains their wrestlers? Is it, is there a huge difference? Is there a, a huge sort of culture shift for them in the way they train? Do they have to sort of relearn things or is it fairly? That's
1: simple? a question. And, and I worked with the lesser experienced girls. So I wasn't really working with the Japanese talent because a lot of them coming in, you know, they're fully trained. They've, through the dojo you know they've done all this stuff um a lot of it i believe is just getting them to understand the ww style and you know the different rules and how things are done on tv there you know and and how they structure it there that's the biggest thing the work ethic is there the talent's there you know getting through the language barrier and a lot of them you know work on learning english and um you know, when Hideki Suzuki was there, he was super duper helpful and is like low key, one of the funniest dudes I've ever met. He, this day, <laughs> he me up, like he can just tweet me one thing and I'm, I'm already crying and my husband will look over and he goes, Suzuki just text you. And I'm like, it was <laughs> <laughs> how to get me. And, uh, he wonderful, wonderful human being, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of, you know, just getting used to the U S making mm. sure everybody, comfortable and just adjusting to the style. They have the cardio, they know how to do the moves. They just need they just need to learn the new style.
0: Yeah, because that was that was one thing I remember when um Hideo Itami came over, so Kentor as obviously he was then and there was huge fanfare when he came over from nowhere. And obviously I know you weren't there mm-hmm. at that point, Alison, but one thing I always remember is one of the reasons that was put out for the re- for him not really succeeding in the way that they thought he would was he really struggled to adapt to the the American style, which I've always found really weird when you consider just how talented Kenta is, like yep. incredible in ring, but couldn't quite adapt to that US style. And obviously we've seen Kairi do it, we've seen Io Shirai do it, we've seen Shinsuke do it to in my opinion, a lesser degree, but still done it, still multi-time champion. I just, I was in, I'm interested to know, like, what is that U.S. style? Like, what is so vastly different for them?
1: So, really, you're playing to a TV audience. Hmm. You have to know when you're structuring, how to set it in a way that the cameras are going to get the best angles, Hmm. and you know, the storylines are a little different in Japan. Yeah, they have storylines, but a lot of it's just, you know, athletes entering a ring, Mm. Um, you know, it's getting that storyline going. It's knowing where to be, when to be there and being able to do it while it's being broadcast live all over the world. Mm. So those are the challenges. And like, even in the time that I was there, I picked up so much like production stuff, you know, I had done producing before, but everything is adjusted in post. So if something doesn't go right, it's not terrible because we can smoke it in post or, um, you know, I have three different camera angles that they can look at where live TV, you want to make sure that that camera person is right where you need to be. And I mean, I didn't work on main roster at all, but the camera crew for NXT is just fantastic. Hmm. They first off, they're all sweethearts. Um, but they just, they're so smart and like the way they can change you know, the way the directors are like, you know, camera this, camera that. I'm like, I would listen to it on the headset being, I don't know how they do this. My, you know, my ADHD was like, what? What? <laughs> uh, okay, sound bites, that's all you get from me. And so, um, you know, figuring out how to work for, through that. And, you know, as a producer, learning how to train people to do that. And so a lot of the drills we did that I learned um, was just helping people always remember where the cameras are independent wrestling we're playing to the live crowd and then we have it you know filmed and they edit it whatever we do well here we're playing to you know the tv crowd and the live crowd is you know it's the bonus Mm -hmm. it's that adrenaline that keeps you going but you know we're not really interacting with them as much as we would on a like standard independent
0: show Mm. it it's It's such an interesting jump from, even like Ring of Honor, I imagine it's a huge, huge jump. Um, There's loads and loads of questions about how, you know, the current stardom roster that, you know, I want to ask you and things like that. But Matt, is there anything else you want to ask, like Uh, bursting to ask?
2: I guess really just the only other question is, uh, obviously one of the biggest stars on TV now is uh, is Asuka. And you had a hand in booking her down in Shimmer when she was uh, Kana. What was uh what was she like to deal with? Obviously, I've seen a whole bunch of her matches. I loved her matches with the Sarah Del Rey. Those are the uh the first matches I saw her. Um, but what was it like having her part of the Shimmer roster?
1: I always had a great time with her. Um pretty much backstage, it would be like, Okay, Kana, we need this, this time, this opponent, this thing. Okay. And that that's it. That's all I'm telling her. That I'm I'm not telling her how to set this matchup. She knows what she's doing right? You know, you have that freedom with certain people, but then like the, after the side that you see outside of the ring, she is low key hilarious. She's just, she's a good person. And we would have so much fun at the after parties and, you know, we'd sit and uh, fans would come up and they'd be like, Oh, you know, can I get you guys a drink? And, you know, I'm not a big drinker. So, and very rarely do you see me drink at Shimmer, but I'd be like, uh, I look at Kana and I'd be like, uh, "Tonight, I get you mojitos," and she'd be like, "Huh?" And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "And then, you know, mojitos have a sip." She'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> "So she I got was over." Order her drinks, and that's, that's how we bonded. And um, but she was a delight to work for. Um, I know there was talk of her having like not the best reputation coming in, or there was difficulties over in Japan. I never saw any of that, and I'm not discounting anything that happened before but from the moment i met her up to today like happily work with her again she's just that cool
2: now how about on the obviously this is a stardom podcast so i'm gonna kind of rope that in guys
1: oh y'all are gonna have to school me on stardom i am so far behind and not anywhere fluent on the current roster i know a lot of the americans that went over my japanese knowledge is all like early early days like we're we're talking jumping bomb angels forward so I, i'm the wrestling history gal so That's i fine. am this opportunity to learn about who presently i should be watching
2: absolutely we will definitely uh, help you out we will definitely help you. you know and this is i guess the perfect opportunity to do the cheap plug you should really purchase this gentleman's book, Living the Dream, Stardom's 10th Anniversary in Review. <laughs> I always add that cheap plug-in. You know, nope. as a wrestler, you got to get your stuff over, your merch over, Allison. You know you know how it is.
1: Well, it's so funny you should say that because I've been like low-key debating the last few days. I'm like, I want to bring the podcast back. Somebody gave me some advice on how to be able to do it on my own because the production part is not, like the technology and production is not one of my strong suits. But I was like, you know what? I wonder if people would want to listen to me just reading old school wrestling books, particularly about like Mildred Burke's Queen of the Ring. Like, you don't have at nighttime. It's me and a little ASMR. (laughs) Mildred Burke was champion, but (laughs) Billy Wolf, having this. (laughs) Here's coming. And then there was a fight in a restaurant. And this is how the title changed. Like, that's what I'm thinking. I'm, you know, it's like an hour. Like a couple times a week where people just like start to go to sleep and hopefully the osmosis things and they wake up and they're like, man, Mildred Burke was a boss coming to the rain covered in diamonds. And, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and it would never be current books because current books should be purchased. So I wouldn't do like Medusa's book, which is coming out the end of March. She'll love me for plugging that um, <laughs> on. Um, but yeah, it'd be like old school books, like the Trish Stratus book or go back and, you know, like do the Bella's book or do the Mildred Burke. Um, you know, if Dan Murphy was cool with it, doing the, uh, what is it? The sisterhood of the squared circle book, which is a fantastic reference for, um, just women's wrestling history in general.
2: Allison reads out oh, a Luthe's book to you. <laughs> <laughs> there's your, there's your yeah. nighttime thing. You wake up and you start stretching people.
1: <laughs> that would be. So cool. I'm like, during, like, but I, I don't know if there's a market for it. I always think of these ideas and I'm like, is there really a market for it? But there probably is. There, find
2: there's out. a market for everything.
0: Out. Absolutely everything. If you can think of it, there's a market for it.
2: There you go. What's well, to that guy right over there.
1: <laughs> I used to joke with my Vegas kids um, about, you know, if this whole thing doesn't work out, I'm going to open an olding fans, but I'm old. So, like, no one's really coming to look at me. It's literally <laughs> just going to be only. <laughs> disappointed coach and it's just pictures or videos of me going <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, some kid screaming through a walmart and i'm <laughs> and like, i feel like and then jay vidal would be like mama you know you would make like bank off that and i'm like yeah but is there any coming back from that i don't <laughs>
2: Yeah, I don't know. Can you really? Can you really Hulk up after that? Or can you really fire yourself up at my house? And I don't know. You know, I don't know where you find out?
1: <laughs> you know what they're doing on the other side, and yeah, that's cool. And I'm making money, and like, I don't want to think about that. But then I, I'm like, yeah, I'm really pandering to the one thing I tried never to pander to as a wrestler. <laughs> but you know, Mama needs her Botox.
2: <laughs> but anywho, my I guess my question was. Uh... <laughs> We went down a rabbit hole there, didn't we? Uh, we I knew that I digressed. <laughs> I know, I know how you work. That's my uh,
1: that's my sequel to my book, but I digress.
2: <laughs> uh, my question was: when you were involved in Shimmer, booking Shimmer, did you ever ever uh, contact anybody from Stardom, or maybe bringing like a Mayu over, or an Orissa or uh, and you know anybody in that nature I like could get to? So
1: that would be a Dave praise question. Ah. rarely involved myself in bringing the japanese talent over that was a lot of um dave and his connections over there um were we always excited to have japanese talent come in yes if there was ever a weekend where we didn't have japanese talent coming in the locker room would let us know how disappointed they were <laughs> with that because when the talent would come in our you know the american bound group or the canadian ground bound groups would be like fighting over like do we get a shot? Do we get a chance? I'm like, do you know how how many years it took for me to wrestle someone from Japan? I had to retire just to get Hamada. Um, So yes, they were very sought after. And I mean, I'm trying to think if they're, I don't think we ever had a negative experience with any of the Japanese talent. They were just fantastic. And sadly I wasn't there when Aja Kong came in because I, my flight got canceled. It was like one of the first shimmer shows I ever missed. And it was because of storms and flights got canceled and I was, like, stuck in Vegas. And I was very sad because I had warned them that when Aja Kong was in the ring, I would be running in, I would be taking a back fist, and I'd be powdering right back to the back. I don't care where it made sense in the match. I just want to <laughs> at some point in my career, I ate the back fist.
0: <laughs> I feel like that is a career highlight, definitely. Uh... Oh, that's
1: cool. Even if it knocks a couple other ones out, like that... <laughs>
0: I mean, she is, without a shadow of a doubt, she's in my top three greatest ever. She's just absolutely incredible. I mean, you've mentioned Aja Kong, you've mentioned Kana. Who else sort of stands out from your time? And we'll sort of bounce around the different promotions, but Shimmer especially. Who sort of yeah. stands out that came over? <laughs>
1: and I'm I'm thinking of them and I'm having one of those moments where it's like, oh my god, I'm going to pronounce their name wrong. Oh my god, am I even getting their name right? Uh is was awesome. Uh coming out with the stuff like that and um oh, and I'm so angry that her name escapes me because I see her and you guys are going to have to get Kelly Skater um Kelly Skater's partner. Why can't I think of her name? Oh, Green Global Gangsters. I see her like right in front of me, but I cannot
2: I think oh, I I'm mean. gonna be
1: so mad. We hang up from here. I'm gonna be like, "Damn it, that was her name."
2: We have some of that. yeah, yeah. We're, uh, we're 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 very good with the stardom stuff, else and anything outside of stardom stuff, we're kind of touch and go. But I know a lot of our Joshi fans are yelling at us. Yeah, and probably I throwing can... things at their phones right now. <laughs> I
0: can hear Velkic just yelling yeah. <laughs> on the Discord. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? this you
2: opportunity.
1: <laughs> oh my god, I literally can see her. I can see her. Why can't I think of her name? Because I was um. Shit, she was so good. She won my tag champs. Why can't I? Oh, shit. see, I hate this when I put myself on the spot to think of things like this. I blank. You put
2: too much pressure on yourself. Don't... I'm looking at Rob's eyes. Rob's doing his research right now. He's the genius yeah. when it comes to the other. Uh, yeah. I'm just the beat up wrestler that you know talks about arm bars.
0: <laughs> Nakagawa. Yes. Tomoka Nakagawa. <laughs> I knew no, it's Tomoka, it just... but all I could think in my head was Inaba. Oh. And I was like, it's yeah. not her. <laughs> yeah. No. She would have
2: been
1: ten. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I thought she was great. Uh Hamada, obviously, because Hamada's like my top three. Um, that was my first wrestling crush. Well, that was my first like wrestling performance crush. My first yeah. wrestling crush was obviously Ricky Steamboat.
2: Obviously. Which my all-time favorite you, wrestler.
1: <laughs> were you there the day I met him at Ring of Honor? Matt? Sure
2: was. Do you sure remember was. him, met? Yes. You were. I don't remember how you met, but I remember you, like, you, like, fangirled out, like, again, I like thrown on my 80s references, like, you were, you know, 10 years old at a New Kids on the Block concert. <laughs> like, yeah. So
1: you don't know the actual story of what I happened. I
2: know you told me. I, you either told me that day or the next time that you came in to coach. But remind me, because I, rem- uh, so what was the actual, well, oh, was it the bathroom? Yes. Okay, go on, tell the story, tell the story. Now I remember, it's like 15 years uh, ago. <laughs> New Jersey, Rex Lex, Elizabeth, New Jersey. Love that, I babe. don't
1: know why, I can remember that, but I can't freaking remember Tomoko's name, God damn it! Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> Sweat jar. And so um, <laughs> I was in the bathroom, getting changed, and, and there was a running joke between me and Tracy Brooks that we were like, you know steamboats come in the locker room and we just wink wink nudge nudge yeah um and i'm getting changed and i don't know what was wrong with the door but like either the lock was broken or didn't fully latch and i'm in there not really dressed and steamboat walks in <laughs> and I'm shock not realizing it was him at first slam the door in his face and then i just sit there and i clutch myself going this is not how i wanted him to see me like this (laughs) oh my god and then i'm like i'm shaking i get my prophecy gear on and i peek my head out and there's punk going (laughs) (laughs) how did you hit steamboat in the face with the bathroom door i'm like (laughs) tracy had to console me but i know deep down she was now she had the advantage <laughs> the whole night oh my gosh like i went over and i apologized and then the rest of the night i would look at them and i'd be like like i make eye contact with him so that's how i met you know steamboat the dreamboat little little baby danger is still traumatized
2: <laughs> understandably i feel um... I... <laughs> Come on matt i'll let you get my story from that because you just triggered something obviously i bet steamboat because he was working with punk he was doing that that whole thing with punk so we got to do a seminar with him an all-weekend seminar and he was always great to us giving us advice and steamboat's just the man but just remind me of my story with him i remember walking into the locker room and there was one and again i'm i'm just out of the school i'm it, lowest low on the card and i walk in and there's one empty chair And sitting in a triangle right around, right where that empty chair was, was Steamboat, Bobby Heenan, and Jim Cornette. And I'm like, well, this is an empty chair. Nobody's here. So I look around and I go, who's sitting here? And it was either Jimmy Jacobs or B.J. Whitmer. I want to say it was Jimmy Jacobs said, hey, kid, it looks like you're sitting there. So I was like, okay. So I sat in the chair and I was changing and I put on my headphones like I was listening to music. But I turned the music all the way down and I just listened to Steamboat. Jim Cornette and Bobby Heenan just tell stories. Oh my gosh, that thing it <laughs> was great. It was a great time. <laughs> we didn't realize like what we had. Me and Hagedorn talk about it all the time. We never took pictures of like with Punk or training yeah. with like Kenta came in to do a seminar with uh, Brian Danielson, and they taught me kicks for a half an hour. Like that was just like an ordinary day. Look back on it, it's like, man, I wish I would have taken a few pictures. And that's why he always says, and you say it too, take all the pictures,
1: take all the pictures. So, okay, correct me if I'm wrong because in my memory, this was a real thing. Was there kind of like an unwritten rule when Steamboat was at Ring of Honor that somebody would ask him a question because then we all knew that he would get in the ring and just
2: talk about it for 30 minutes, but he would answer it for everybody? Pretty much. He would (laughs) like, if you, if nobody, who in that locker room had more knowledge than him or maybe even the history of wrestling. So you would ask him the smallest thing and you were like, I'm asking him this question. This is the answer I, I would like to get, but he would give you this answer like he would expand everything out
1: everybody he'd be like all right guys gather, in this is a good question and then he would just teach everybody yeah. yeah yeah
2: i remember when we did the weekend seminar with steam but all i wanted to learn was the arm drag all i wanted to learn i remember we came back that weekend and you were te- either teaching the class we bumped into you like how was the weekend s- seminar was it was great we learned so much but he didn't teach the arm drag and i'll never forget you like he's gonna take that arm drag to the grave he's not gonna show anybody <laughs> that arm drag. Yep.
1: i mean that he was gay. Gave- that arm drag. Serena Deeb gave it a good shot though. Like I would say out of my era of women, Deeb had like the best arm drag. Yeah,
2: still does yeah.
0: I'm so glad Serena Deeb's getting more recognition now in AEW because she's yeah. always been fantastic. And the fact that oh, she is getting more recognition now is excellent. Really, really yeah. cool.
1: I do oh sorry, go on. Correctly, she's the one who introduced Bailey the Shimmer, if I remember correctly. Uh-huh. Dave Prazak, I wanna say, like, I don't know if Serena was mentoring her, but when uh Bailey was Davina Rose, wow. I wanna say Serena Deeb that put the put the thumbs up on that, and that's how we got that's how we got the future Bailey.
0: Wow. I mean, even just looking at down the like all time roster of Shimmer, it's like a proper who's who of the wrestling industry. Like it's incredible. You've got like the likes of Azure Kong, you've got Dynamite Kansai, which is amazing. I like I d I don't know if you ever met her or if she was on the same card that you missed a flight on, or but she's incredible, Mayumi Ozaki. There's just some incredible people there. What I wanted to ask is, and this might seem like a really random question. Okay. Did you wrestle on the Nene Takahashi 10th anniversary show? Sure did. How how did that happen? Like I just I don't know how like explain. <laughs>
1: okay. So my my personal belief is it was a thank you from zero one. And I could be wrong about this. Um, when you know how we used to have the wrestle houses met, yeah, it was like wrestle house Indiana, wrestle house Pennsylvania, the notorious wrestle house, which was the one that was uh me, hero Claudio Castagnoli, and then a you know random
2: rotating door rot- would be uh, like, I, uh, yeah. Uh, Alcinarius uh, would stop in from time to time. Sweeney, yeah,
1: Michigan, yeah. Oh, the Chikara guys would hide in the cornfield. This house, okay, real quick, let me give you a feeling of this house. Notorious wrestle house. It was because it was 187 street name, right? It was surrounded on two sides by cornfields, like directly up to the proper line. The house next to us was falling down. And so, pretty sure somebody died there. And then, (laughs) just more cornfields. And so, I remember one of the Chikara guys thinking it was funny. He would, um, he would hide in the cornfield and then jump out as people would pull up. And uh, I remember doing dishes, and Icarus was standing in the window, and I looked up, and I just, "Mm!" yeah, (laughs) he got me. So, um, okay, back to where we were. I digress. So. Bring back bring me back
2: at takahashi Taka. zero one favorite of uh, zero one
1: <laughs> um they had zero one had sent some talent over um i remember it was jet i don't remember his wrestling name but he was jet and um he ended up he was doing some shows and stuff like that and he was staying with us and he was doing a great job really nice guy um but he ended up getting hurt like his lung collapsed at randomly at training. Jesus. It was the most random thing. His lung just he had one of those spontaneous pneumothoraxes, right? And so he got rushed to the hospital. And he was in there, I want to say for nine days. And every single day, with the exception of one day, I was at the hospital with him. And they had somebody translating and stuff like that. We made sure he was taken care of. And then he got cleared, he got out of the hospital, uh first match back in the US, other lung collapsed. Oh my he God. literally took a, a face bump, other lung collapse. So now it's like, oh my God, we got to get this lung inflated, send them back to Japan. And my, my understanding was um, that the office was because the office always very, very kind to me, um, you know, because Steve's sister, but sure. like they were very kind to me. And I think that's what gave me the opportunity because I did the Nanei Takahishi Retirement show the first night. And then the second night was the uh, Shinya Hashimoto Memorial show. It was a year after Hashimoto had passed. Mm. Um, Which I'm also glad that I was there because I got to be there with my brother for that. And, you know, Hashimoto's passing, they were very close. So that was, that was tough on my brother. And I am that very protective little sister. I am very, you know, ride or die for my older brother. He's one of my best friends and I love him to pieces. And so, being able to be there for him was, was a big, big thing for me. But so Don Aitake show, I, were we in Sheba Park for that? I remember the venue. I don't remember the city and I don't remember the girl that I worked with, but she was really, really good. And there's, um, there's like a couple of stories attached to this. The first one being my brother ribbing me, not once, but twice. Twice.
2: Sounds like something <laughs> Steve would not do. <laughs> oh. so
1: First thing he says to me is, hey man, she's going to get a lot of streamers, so I think it would be really funny and good if you start batting them out of the air like a cat, right? But he did not tell me that the streamers over there are much more, I'm going to go with resilient. <laughs> very different kind of material. <laughs> so, batting them like a cat, right? And next thing I know is, I'm cocooned in these streamers <laughs> and, now I'm tight and I'm going, Oh no. Oh no. And that's not what I was saying, but I was like, um, this is not good. So the, the young, uh, the young girls were coming over and they were trying to get me out. Couldn't get me out. So somebody had the genius idea of, okay, let's pull on it. They pull on it. I fall down in the ring, slide out, bump onto the floor, and I'm laying on the floor screaming, Steve, Steve, help. While well, they're trying to cut me out of these streamers. And he's standing over me just laughing. <laughs> just laughing. Would not help me in the end of my life. And I'm just like,
2: you jerk. We would we
1: then, then he went on to rib me a second time in that same match. Of, Steve was my second. At ringside, which is pretty cool when your big brother's your second, right? Especially in a country where he's well-known and popular. And I'm working with the girl and she was... Oh, I wish to God I could remember her name. I'll have to, like, Google it.
0: Saki Unless... May Mora. Yeah! Okay, thank you. It's all right. She
1: was very, very good to work with. Um, You know, she was very good to me. And so... We did the thing, you know, the really popular thing where it's like, oh, we're going to get the girl and like a group of us, we're going to put her in the hold and that everybody's going to pose, blah, blah, blah. I was like, Steve, we should totally do that. He goes, let's do it. And then um, he, we do it and we do the pose and cameras are flashing in the middle of the match. And then he was like, you know how he did the Karino Ichiban, right? Mm. Well, he had taught me a Japanese obscenity. (laughs) Oh, and then I yelled, the identity in Japanese, which one, big no-no. Ironically enough, it was like, I worked in Japan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I yelled, he would go, no, 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 it's, it's 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 Ichiban. And I'm like, what? He goes, it's Ichiban. And then the girl broke free, bumped us both, and then we went into it, you know, like funnel the hope spot. But I said the S word in Japanese on Samurai TV. Oh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Did I mention I'm ride or die for him? (laughs) Do you remember that time you ribbed me? (coughs) So we were there as R.E.M. Do you remember the real evil monsters? It was a short-lived, probably because I cussed, very uh, (laughs) short-lived. It was Amazing Kong. Tranesha, a.k.a. Panther Claw. Um, I don't know if you all recall her. DNA for a hot bit she was a diva search girl that had her first wrestling match was literally japan um i'm trying to think describe her to her without bringing up drama that could get me a lot of heat with um you know a certain former olympic wrestler um uh, raja, raja kong i think was her name at tna no. yeah
2: okay because i know you're connecting the dots yeah okay yeah.
1: I see you're going. it's all coming back to me now so we were the real evil monsters, R.E.M. And pretty much we were the lackeys to, to Kong. And keep in mind, I love Kia. I love Kia the pieces. She's she's such a, such a good person. And um, so she gets there. And I had just gotten off the plane in Narita. And they drove me straight to the Zero One offices. And they're like, yeah, we need you to cut a promo. I'm like, sure, I'm okay. And so I'm with these two tall women of color. So they stuck me in the middle. That was their idea, not mine. Um, cause I just kind of looked at them. I'm like, um, is this okay? You guys like, I'm not trying to cause any problems. And then they have us cut a promo and we're in front of the, um, Nanae Takehishi's uh, poster, which if you've seen the 10th anniversary poster, it was made like a concert, like she's a rock star and she's like this and she's holding a microphone so i'm cutting my promo and i feel kia next to me like kind of moving around i'm like she's she's trying to make me crack like i'm there's no corpseing. i'm a karina we're doing this in one shot right and so i i don't break i don't break and then she stops turns around goes into her thing and i just kind of look behind me she had changed the microphone into a um twig and berries (laughs) And so you see the camera and I'm like, there's bangers and mash behind my head (laughs) in Sharpie. And I'm like, I haven't met Takahishi yet. And I'm like, she's going to hate me the second she meets me. (laughs) Oh no. I'm like, this is how I die. I die in Japan. (laughs) I went out, you know, like a boss, but yeah. So it was a very uncomfortable trip. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, what was it like like working that match because obviously I think you I think you faced Nene in the uh, in the six woman with um, Amazing Kong and Panther Crow um, like we see her now because she's still going at age 45 and uh, still getting strong very much so
2: yeah right. champion in stardom
0: absolutely yeah. tag champion in stardom like what's it like being in the ring with her and more important, how hard does she hit
1: so I have not the best recolle- uh, recollection of that match. We had an issue where, you know, I'm still, I'm only six years in, but like, I'm still, I'm still learning. I'm still learning. Right. i um, still learning the, the Japanese style. Kong's cemented there, you know, and knows a little bit of Japanese where I know very little.
0: Um, Apart from that and- one swear word that your brother taught you. <laughs> <laughs> Ichiban. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And so, uh, I remember being very, very nervous because I already was. Um, something was bothering me in my abdominal area, and I don't know. I, I discovered later that one, I had, I ended up with costal chondritis which is still lingers to this day, which is an inflammation of the lining of the sternum and rib cage. Which, you know, I broke my sternum. I think a year after that match, so it kind of it kind of tracks. I remember being really, really nervous. And then there was an accident on the highway. So they didn't get there till like moments before our match. And they had called the whole match in the car and came in and are like, this is what you're doing. But they're telling us in Japanese. I have no idea what's going on. So I'm literally walking to this match. I have no clue what's happening. I do not know what to expect. I remember being held down, frog splashed. And then I felt, boom, and it was an abdominal muscle tear. Because- I was like this i couldn't protect myself i just took the thing and whatever was bothering me in my abs boom it was gone it i felt that baby tear and i'm like oh no oh no and i feel my body like inadvertently curling up well don't they pull me out again and i'm literally going kong kong i can't do this i can't do this like i'm hurt and you know i'm not really one to like get out of it but at this point like i'm struggling to breathe i'm like trying, trying to get to her um i take a second splash I roll out and I'm just down and I'm trying to get up. And I guess they like beat me on the outside to keep me out, which I was blessed for that. And so the match was not what I've wanted it to be. I I know all six of us were very disappointed that the match ended up being, and it was just, you know, I was just kind of doomed from the start. And I felt so bad that I went to every veteran in the locker room, in the zero one locker room, And apologized for my terrible performance. Nothing is scarier than going up to Otani and just like trying to say in Japanese, because I had to learn, I learned it in Japanese, how to say, I'm sorry. I apologize. I hope, I I apologize for embarrassing you. Um, Humbling. So, yeah, I, I, it. if I knew then what I know now, it would have been, a completely different situation, but mm. I just, you know, it was, it's, it sucked.
0: Yeah. I, it, it sounds that way. I mean, to tear an abdominal muscle is bloody painful yeah. anyway. I mean, I've had costochondritis, um, yeah. um, but to have that and then sort of, to then take a second splash on top of it and it's Jap, it's Japan. So there's yeah. no punches pulled. Um, yeah. Yeah. That must be, yeah, I can, they had no idea
1: idea. there was nothing unsafe about the splash it was perfect it was beautiful like exactly where you would want it to be picture Mm -hmm. perfect, right it just me not being able to communicate that hey something's wrong i need to veer off and it was one of those like i can get through it right i busted a knee i got through it the only the only thing i never was able to finish was the collarbone and sternum break but that was going into the finish anyway mm. i would not have been able to continue but every match i've continued like biting my tongue off continued uh concussion continued like broken noses twice continued um i was there was the one time where i was like "Ooh, i could have gotten it but we had no way to verbalize to each other that hey i gotta change this on the fly but it's okay because i already don't even know what we're doing i'm lost mm. just absolutely lost so yeah, that was a bummer, and then it was my last time in Japan. Thanks, Steve.
2: You just put them <laughs> over. <laughs> I, I buried them. <laughs>
1: yeah. Do you remember that time you made me cuss in Japan, and now I never went back? Thanks, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, last thing about that trip to Japan, I promise, because <laughs> it sounds like it was hellishly- our PTSD. Oh, right. we <laughs> a great podcast five minutes ago.
1: Let's be honest gonna be a three-parter because i got stories for days
0: <laughs> um so obviously we'll the zero one match will sort of steer clear from but that match with um saki memora you said obviously she treated you very well how yeah. difficult and i know this might sound like a really stupid question and i apologize for how no difficult is it and i've asked matt this as well how difficult is it wrestling someone who doesn't speak your language in a country that you aren't familiar with in terms of the customs or the wrestling or haven't wrestled necessarily that style before? How difficult is that?
1: So I got very lucky in that for that particular match, we actually got to meet up at the dojo and like get a feel for each other. We got to do one or two workouts, I think, maybe more. We actually got to like work out and train together. So we got a good feel. We got a good feel. And I was always taught, if you know who your opponent is going, you know, if I'm going to show and I know who my opponent is, I've studied that opponent. I'm walking in. I know their moveset already. Like they can tell it to me, but I already know it. Mm. Like that's the way I was always prepared. And this was in a time where, remember Matt, the early 2000s, they were never really announcing who you were against. I, I more often than not walked in the shows with no idea who my opponent was. But whenever I had the opportunity to know, I did my research. So I did my research on her. We got to spend time together in the dojo. So I felt very comfortable, very, very safe. Now there's other times where it's, you know, it's a little hard. You kind of look at each other, but you, you work through it. You know, I've worked with, you know, I teamed with someone who's hard of hearing. So I know if I have to like call something on the fly, I know I got to make sure it's in the correct ear. Mm. Um, you know, my Vegas kids and I, we actually learned a little bit of sign language. One of the, um, wrestlers, uh, girlfriends, uh, is a, uh, ASL teacher. So she taught us some, some signs that we could do. So if we couldn't shout something to each other, whether it was training or in a match, we could literally catch each other's eye and do sign language to each other Wow! and be able wow. to sign. And so, um, and that's one of the beautiful things about sign language. In fact, uh, if you are familiar with Erica Yen, when she was with, uh, she mostly did uh, 205 Live. And I think she did some level up before she go. When she would do her entrance and do that, that's literally the the sign for why. Doing it in a smile, which was her whole thing. She always had that smile on her hand. But also it one of the things I wanted to do was learn her, birth name like learn the name that she goes by because I know a lot of times people come over and we anglicize their names and I'm like eh. if that's what they want cool but if they want to be spoken by you know their their original name like I make a point of learning it and she was teaching me the inflection that was like a boom so it would go down and up so that's how it became ended up becoming her whole entrance thing was her teaching me how to say her uh shoot name oh,
0: that's quite cool yeah.
2: <laughs> to kind of just piggyback on what Allison was just saying, yeah, 20 years ago, if I messaged a promoter, promoter said, hey, you're going to be on the show. Here's your pay, yada, yada, yada. Well, who am I wrestling? I said, you're wrestling Rob Goodwin. If I don't know who he is, yeah. there's no YouTube. There's no Twitter. You can go on their MySpace page. But if you don't have a DVD or VHS on that person, you're kind of just getting to the show as early as you possibly can. And you had to use MapQuest. Remember that? Remember for the phones? So it would tell you three hours to get there, but you know damn well it's gonna be three and a half, three forty-five. You get yep. there early and be like, Okay, who's Rob Goodwin? Who's okay? It's me and you. We got eight to ten minutes. The finish is this. What do you yeah. do? And then and you kind of just you know figure it out there. That's and that's I would always try to make it a habit to get out to shows really early. One to get a workout into the ring, two, I'm knowing gonna hit traffic. Three, Rabble back me up on this. I'm a time fanatic. If I'm not early, I'm late. And uh exactly. <laughs> and i uh, just because you're trying to work something out because it's like okay do i have any dvds of this guy or any vhs because there's nothing now all of a sudden you're wrestling Alice in danger okay did it, i just go on her twitter page and there's highlights there's this There's that i go on youtube i'm like okay i have a good idea that you're this 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 style work with what i do okay i have an idea what i'm doing and then you kind of you know go from there but yeah it's just crazy how fast the world has come along in 15 or 20 years absolutely
0: and-
1: A little further than that is, especially as the women, we were all being taught the exact same thing, regardless of the school. Everybody was being taught all of Lita's repertoire, the occasional Trish Stratus thing, maybe a little bit of Victoria. But like a lot of places were skipping, you know, the basics, the lockups and stuff like that. Luckily for me, Mike Keener would not allow that. He was like, "No, you're you're gonna know your technical game in and out." And it it helped like give me a love of technical wrestling. Mm. Um, but yeah, you'd walk in and be like, "Okay, what do you do?" Oh, so I do a head scissors and a rana, and I'm like, "Dang it, I do that too." <laughs> okay, <laughs> and so it's trying to find something different. Mm. Some that's where right. like I really got into tape studying, and you know, the notorious Wrestle House. Um, because oh
2: boy the tapes
1: the, tape, the tapes uh hero
2: yeah, I, I, go I, I
1: ahead. Still does this i don't know for sure but i imagine he still does this because he's got like a crazy good mind for wrestling history and and you know i bet you you could text him and be like hey chris like this wrestler this year oh yeah it was this 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 is how long it went like he he knows he's probably i, I imagine he's a savant about that stuff but chris hero had this very famous or well-known within wrestling um, tape collection. And like, you could sign out the tapes from him.
2: Like a library. Borrow them. Like he had it like,
1: and it would line the living room and into the kitchen, just bookshelves and then started getting DVDs. So there would always be stacks of DVDs. And so there was a lot of wrestling study going on between Hero, uh, Claudio, me, and then whoever else stayed. So that's where I really got to start watching Wrestling and getting a feel, you know. My brother hooked me up with a lot of like and stuff, and I want to say his name was George, not George South, but he was a he was a tape trader named George.
2: Um, Let me have something on the message boards because tape trading was big back then.
1: Yeah, he would, didn't didn't he would, hero Mima Shimo, uh, like Shimoda stuff.
2: Remember when Hero got the Johnny Saint stuff because nobody had it. it was like super secret. <laughs> When he got the Johnny Saint stuff, it was like super secret. It was yeah. like here. It was almost like, from what I understand, I think Claudia was like, it was like a drug dealer. So I mean, it was all this Johnny Saint stuff. It was like, you might even, I don't know, you might even been there. It was like, shh, don't tell anybody you have this. And it was like, oh That's- my He's goodness. He so
1: introduced me to Johnny Saint.
2: Like, yeah, because you they- were Chikara. He worked at a whole bunch of Chikara shows.
1: Oh, yeah. And of course, I never got to meet him. I, when he <sighs> I would be somewhere else um when i got to the pc and would guest coach and then when i got signed he would never be there at the same time now i'm like at least johnny moss was there but like um johnny saint was never there and we're like two ships passing in the night which is funny because and you might have actually met him before i did if you ever did you did chakara at all matt
2: i did Chikara a lot yeah yeah If yeah. infamous necro butcher match that was that was me and franco uh- how can you forget that? I still get questions on that.
1: <laughs> so there's a big chance you met my husband before I did.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah. Claudio's uh, first tag partner. Yeah. Uh-huh. That, Swiss money Claudio, holding. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Every time he would come to the US and they would do Swiss money holding for like yet, I was always booked somewhere else. So that man would stay in the house that I shared with Chris and Claudio. I saw pictures of him with his girlfriend at the time, I remember when Claudia was sad that they broke up because it was like, it's a sad moment because Claudia really cared about them both. Um, so I saw pictures of my husband three years before I actually met him. This guy, well, I should point this way, this guy actually <laughs> met everybody Chikara knew him before I did. I didn't meet him until Germany. And I saw him from across the room and I was standing with, and you're gonna laugh at this name, Emil
2: Satochi. Okay. Yes. I was, best abs in the business. <laughs> Okay. oh he's and doing- he ate like crap. You go out, he's got to have an insane diet, and he'd be eating McDonald's all the time. I'm like, how's that possible? <laughs> <laughs> Piss me off.
1: He'd tape watching, and he'd be laying on the ground doing crunches. I got to keep up with the crunches. The ladies love it. I'm like, oh my God, satoshi I like Sotochi, but he, he was a lot of human to deal with. Um, <laughs> so I was making fun of hands I looked across the room. My husband, my future husband walked in, and I remember going, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So I tackled
2: him. You, that's, that's what you would do that's pro, this is pro wrestling Rob. This is, this is the nuttiness that goes on inside these heads
1: I, I literally jumped in arms and I'm like the infamous Marco or the infamous Ares <laughs> and I was like I'm Claudio's roommate and like we had instant messaged AOL instant messaged oh, like I remember
0: twice that. One
1: time was me going hey I think we're going to be on the same show in Germany and he fabed it and to this day, I still give him hell for it. Uh, he fabed my aim. And then I tackled him. And then we realized that in the locker room, we both had the very same Claudio Castagnoli shirts. And that picture that we took together in those shirts that we sent to Claudio is still framed in our bedroom today. And uh, yeah, I, I was gone. I was like...
2: Does Claudio have the long hair in that picture? I remember used Claudio I... with the long hair?
1: Yeah, back in the day.
0: <laughs> I still can't get my head around Claudio uh, with long hair. Like, I I look at him now, and it just it hit the idea of him with hair does yeah. not seem right. He just yeah. some people just pull off being bald really really well, and I think he is one of them. Like it just suits him. Yeah. Um,
2: but but
1: they're fit for him at the time.
2: Mm. Yeah, he knew how to change with the times. He's so smart.
1: Yeah. So yeah, that's how I met my husband. Everybody met him, and then here's the funny story because I love her to death, and I love saying this. That girl that was in the photo with him that I saw when Claudio first moved to the U.S. and we were sharing a house together, right? She's now one of my dearest friends, and we go on vacation together. And she is the only woman, if I were to go out tomorrow, she's the only woman allowed to help raise my child with my husband.
2: Look at that. There
1: you she go. the best. And, okay, you might remember this guy. Do you remember Tasslow from WXW? He'd come over and do Mid-South every now and then, really tall referee.
2: Oh, okay, the referee, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean IWA Mid-South, yes.
1: That's her husband now. Really? Four of us take the kid and we go on vacation in Europe so Wild. Reference so wild. It's the such, like, I call him my brother-in-law now, which is funny because we didn't like each other when we first met. And now <laughs> the pieces and consider him, like, they're our family. She's my Swister wife. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Love it. Amazing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So many again, you just remember you start remembering these things. Yeah. I remember the uh you start talking about the tape train. I remember correct. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Hero make a four or five hour Dragon Gate comp where it's all just crazy spots? Yep. And then and then when uh Skyda came over to train, he showed him and he's like, Yeah, I can show you that. I can show you that. So whenever Skyda would do the Chikara seminars, we would just learn these crazy mind melting, like technical wrestling thing that turned into some random bin. Like, Uh what a genius Skyda was, or probably Uh still is.
1: I, I gave him a heart attack once. For real? No, not really. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, you know, like, I, I like to think I'm a nice person, but, you know, in the day I was a little bit of a hothead. Um, it's I, I like to say I'm Canadian till I'm not. And then you meet the Philly side of me. So, like, <laughs> part of me is really nice. But the Philly and the hockey player, I mean, if I'm mad, it I was qu- like, it was like, boom. And so I remember being mad at two of the Dutch kids that came over. I'm not even going to mention their names because they don't deserve it. Um, they were very disrespectful to Claudio one day. And Claudio is such a nice guy that, you know.
2: The nicest. Defended. The nicest in wrestling. Too nice to be in wrestling.
1: And I remember I was just to the point where I lost my temper. And I yelled so loud at one of them. That Sky, that was in the shower, he actually screamed and comes running out in a towel, clutching his chest, going, what's going on, you know? And I'm just like, kind of like, everything's good. I'm mad. And he goes, oh, 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 Cassie, you you scared me. <laughs>
2: like, oh, no. I don't want to be- I, I think I remember somebody telling me this story. I think you might've been you. I was like, wow, she's mad at that. Yeah, I think yeah. I vaguely remember who those two Dutch guys are. Again, I won't mention who Who I, yeah. my guess is.
1: They're not, they're, they get no night notoriety i want to say the one was still in wrestling years ago like when i I think when i met the hubby but uh, the other one i think retired he he quit i think as soon as he got back to the netherlands
0: (laughs) from that telling off you gave him
1: (laughs) Uh, there was a lot of stuff built up to that Mm. i um because remember osugi would come over milanito collection okay
2: yes yes Ah, yeah uh, milano's mini Milano, yeah. who's actually who does, who's a trainee at the Stardom dojo, Stardom yeah, dojo, yeah, Isn't it? yeah. He would come up. He would come with his. It uh, would. It was almost like his mini with the fake dog and everything. Yeah, Milanito. Yeah,
1: I remember seeing Milano Collection at the first time I went to Japan. So the only time I got to go. To the Kerrigan Hall was as a spectator, but they brought us over, um, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm, I'm going to go see Torimon. This is so cool." We saw the Corrigan. He came out. I fell in love, um, and I would. I would low key hit on him. I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not even gonna try and fade, it. Like he would come to me. <laughs> it was never serious because I was dating someone. But like, uh, he came over. It was right around my birthday, and I looked at my boyfriend. I go, "Is that my gift? Is that my gift? That's my gift. <laughs> That's what, come on, Hall Pass. That's my gift, right? <laughs> like, never do it. But like, and then I remember Milano would like play into it, and he like one day pretended to drop a quarter, and he was just like, Bend
2: and like, over. And I like, do that today.
1: <laughs> <"Yup>, yep. <laughs> I, we're good cuz he was just such a good-looking guy but he he was fun they were fun but Milanito was wonderful i loved when the knees would come over yeah i always had, i always had a lot of fun with Skyda. well now but i, I- got
2: asked the question uh milano or vicky steamboat you can only pick one oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so steamboat's got the gray hair and i'm like if it's gray i'm here to play <laughs>
2: that's a <what> she-, <laughs> she said yeah. 20 years ago <laughs> <laughs> i Get
1: today' picture of Milano. To to I I need to do my due diligence and see proper pictures. We
2: before. can dig it up because he, does he still do some of the commentary, Rob, on some of the stardom shows? Ricky Steamboat. No, no, no. Milano. I was just gonna
0: say, <laughs> <laughs> um, Milano. Mm, ooh, does he? I think I know he, he, he did. Maybe he... The New
2: Japan shows. I don't yeah. know, but I'm
0: thinking after
1: this is done
2: y'all that's right we're gonna give we're <laughs> yeah. gonna give Allison a whole i think part two of the interview mm. is going to be we're gonna give you a whole bunch of starter matches to watch and then we're just gonna be like what did you think you know because you said you want to get caught up and we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll yeah
1: yeah that's gonna be the part two because let's let's be honest this is gonna be a mini series
2: <laughs> absolutely I've, I've had be the invitation. best
0: time ever just listening to you two. Honestly, Aww. this has been so much fun. Um, I'm going to ask just one more question, Alison, and then sure. we'll, we'll let you go. But it's sort of a 2 Um Obviously, okay. you did work at Shimmer, and now are you still working with Women's Wrestling Army? Yes. 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 So, two-part question. Um, the first one, um, with Shimmer, obviously a lot of girls got sent over to Japan, people like Kelly Slater, um, Chile and Melissa, people like that. How did... You ch- well not necessarily choose, but how did it come about that those girls would go? How was the select? What was the selection process for sending those girls over?
1: So I believe, and she can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I believe Cherie and Melissa had a lot to do with things. I think she helped book the foreign talent with Stardom, because mm. um, it was Rossi, right? Does he still? Yeah. Rossi. So because Rossi. I worked with him at A to Z and Melissa met him when she was over. Uh, who is she? I think she was over at the same time, Sarah Del Rey, but she was doing like the three months over there. Mm. I don't remember if it was Arcion or A to Z, but her and Sarah would do three months there and then come back. Then I think Sarah would like go on to Mexico and then they'd go back. Um, I only was ever over there for a week with A to Z, but um, Melissa and Rossi still had that connection. So I believe there's a lot of helping people get into stardom. Um, and then I remember Hashi would come over and he would help like introduce people. And it was just a good working relationship mm. between shimmer stardom and, you know, other companies. And now like even some of the younger girls that have come through shimmer have gone over uh, like Nicole Savoy, mm. Ruby, Ruby Soho. Don't let me get it wrong. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, she's
2: Heidi Lovelace, I think. Right. She that, was. She,
1: yeah when she was over there yeah um so
0: kai or evie as she was then
1: yeah that's when she was then and um yeah the really really good good people got to go over there which was awesome i think for me my japanese connection was was steve and um in fact my very first japanese tour was kind of gifted to me by daphne and this Uh this is the one that hurts that uh she it was uh summer of 2003 and she got signed to ovw mm-hmm. and she messaged me and she's like i got signed you don't know that they're telling me i have to pull off this japanese tour i'm supposed to be doing this very first a to z show they're bringing me and another american over um like as the attractions i told them to bring my sister like my, my crabby sister that that was our whole thing like i don't you might have remember matt when her and i would do the crab thing in the ring
2: is go, that what that's like, from i never look yeah. at that yes wow i remember that i remember what that. i thought maybe you're like low-key waving to somebody in the third row that od10 bucks or something i don't know <laughs> wow now i know yeah
1: <laughs> he was jokingly doing that on the ropes one day and i was like we got to work that So every match we ever did somehow the crab would get in there um and like Literally, up to our very last conversation, the last time we said, I love you, we called each other crabby Sister. Um, but she had told Japan, she's like, Take her, take her. She's a Carino, blah, blah, blah. And so I had six days notice and I was on my way to A to Z. So Daphne gave me my very first tour. The day that I got the call that I was officially being offered the contract at WWE, because I'd been guest coaching almost a year at that point, I think. The running joke was the only guest coach that came in more than me was Dave Taylor One, Four coaching runs. And I got to do a tryout unsigned. I got to do a tryout as a coach in Vegas. Like, so I felt I, at that point I was like, I'm confident I'm getting there. Mm-hmm. The day I got the call to say, you've got the contract. It was Matt Bloom that called me and he was like, how do you feel? I go, I feel good coach I'm on my way to Shannon's funeral oh, my. so the day that I was flying to Atlanta to say goodbye I WWE and I was like and you know I'm not a big afterlife person you know um I'm not I'm absolutely not religious at all but I was like I'm sitting there going all right if this is real you got me mm. how dare you get the last say in this like I just and um the night that she passed, I was actually with Sin Bodhi and I was in his tattoo chair. And so I got this that was supposed to be my shimmer tattoo. Can you see it? Can I see?
0: Yep, can see and, it. Now, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh that is now my Shannon tattoo. Oh. And it's it's stars exploding. And it it means like the struggles we've had mentally and mm-hmm. how we fracture and stuff like that. But it's done in the shimmer colors, watercolor style. And yeah, it was supposed to be small and yeah. I remember trying to reach her while I was in the tattoo chair. So this will always be my Daphne tattoo now.
0: Yeah. It's a beautiful tribute. It really is. Um, My final question sort of.
1: Yeah, we can't end it on that. Y'all. No, we no, no. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> bring it up. We got to bring it up. Um, Obviously you're still doing work with uh, Women's Wrestling Army, which I did clarify earlier. Cause I was like, I'm yeah. sure she is, but I just need to clarify. Yeah. If you were to open up, some sort of relationship with stardom nowadays is there anybody on the WWE roster that you think straight away i'd love to send her to japan i think she'd do brilliant work in japan who sort of jumps to mind
1: zoe stark would be the first one from nxt i would send over Mm -hmm. and and you know people are going to say i'm biased because i did help train her um because of her connection her original trainer was tom howard who was Steve's partner in zero one. Yeah. And at that point I wasn't taking on anybody in Vegas. I was like, no, we met in, right before the pandemic at the disco hit. And, uh, um, yeah. So she would be one of the first ones I would send. Um, Ivy Nile, I think would do good over there. Mm. I think last legend would be a hoot <laughs> over. Cause she's so charismatic. Mm and she can do all the like tall woman things so i feel like she would do really really well there um i would say in a year or so tatum paxley i would send i'd give her more time in the u.s because she came into wrestling as a Mm. non-wrestler she was a power lifter trying to think who else is down there um Those are the ones off the top of my head because I'm trying to keep in mind that there are a bunch on the roster right now who've already been Mm. to Japan, like uh, Kaylee Ray. Uh, She's already been to Japan. Mm. So um, those would be the ones right off the top of my head. But definitely Ash, Ivy, Zoe.
0: Ivy's one that I know is getting a lot of buzz at the moment. Really, really, really really quick sort of progress through the ranks and... uh, I know that obviously she did a uh, shot for, was it ROW she did a shot for? Um, she, uh, it
1: was Booker T's group. Is
2: that yes. ROW? Yeah, ROW,
0: yeah. Reality and Wrestling, yeah. 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 And uh, I know that, you know, everyone was like, oh my God. So yeah, I'd like to see her, to be fair, in uh, in stardom. Um, now, Matt, unless you've got any other questions you'd like to ask.
2: Well, I mean, we kind of roll this in towards the end because she can do her plugs. Alison, did I see you that you're booked for a uh, GCW show coming up? Are you getting I will... back into the ring there, Miss Danger. Maybe,
1: maybe. We're, we're gonna see me at GCW in Atlanta uh April 21st. Um I'm trying to think what else I have
0: coming.
1: Uh when does this when does this drop?
0: We're not sure yet. <laughs> <laughs> Very sometime before the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Roughly. When this hits. But don't sleep on Catalyst Wrestling. I'm doing a lot behind the scenes with Catalyst Wrestling out of Brooklyn. Uh, Homicides there, uh, Colby's there. Uh, a lot of like NWA talent comes through there. A lot of New York guys. Don't sleep. Don't sleep on the Brooklyn show. It is a little different. It's a wrestling show, but there's just like a very artsy kind of flair to it. In that, you know, every show is a little different. The one show that I did with them, working in the back, we had a brass band playing some of the People to the ring. And to see Black G's going to a slowed down, creepy version of the Saints go marching in by a live brass band is something I feel like every wrestling fan should expect at least once. Absolutely. So, yeah, they're up in Brooklyn every other month. I'm doing GCW in April. Um, just trying to work on building. The knowledge of uh women's wrestling history and whatnot you know who knows i might be doing that you know bedtime stories with alice and Jane. god that sounds so creepy though
2: <laughs> you don't know until you try absolutely You don't know what you try you know what remember what cm punk would always tell us if you don't ask the answers always no. you know i tell rob that all the time he's like what you do you do think about this that. that's that's yeah. what if you don't ask the answers always know what the hell what are you afraid of failing you know what i mean yeah how often do we fail all the time
1: (laughs) and he would also tell me and this is only the wrestling this is not for the rest of the world uh sometimes you know it's better to say i'm sorry than to ask permission and it's usually it was in context to hey we want daisy hayes to do a jump off the top but we're gonna catch her and we're gonna and drop her into the front row punk would be like don't tell gabe just apologize (laughs) (laughs) so that in context that one is okay yeah. In other contexts, that is not a life.
2: No. That's no. Life. Only in wrestling, yeah, so.
1: Yeah, incentive <laughs> thing.
0: Life lessons with Alice in Danger. Alison, <laughs> <laughs> um, it mm-hmm. has been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Honestly, hearing some of the stories and listening to you and Matt talking about, you know, everything from Ring of Honor to NXT to everything in between has been an absolute pleasure. And I'd love to have you on again. And, yes. you know, us sort of, it, not necessarily educate you in the new world of stardom, but to uh, give you some stuff to watch and maybe fill you in on some of the happenings in stardom if you're interested.
1: I would love that because um, I, I love doing my homework. Uh, you know, I know a little bit about Marvelous only because uh, mm. uh, Queen Aminata, that's my girl. Yes. It's criminal that she is not on TV every week. I'm just putting that out there. If, you, if I had to sign someone to a major company today... She would be the first person that, like, hands down. Yeah. It's absolutely criminal that she's not on television. Yeah. But, uh, you know, she introduced me to a different company because Chagusa and the Gaia, you know, anyone who learns women's wrestling history from me is required to watch the Gaia Girls documentary before we continue. Yes. Um, and then I always say, text me when you hear the drop kick.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: Yes.
1: When you know, you know. But um, <laughs> I really love some stardom homework. Yes. and you know so oh. that next time we'll actually discuss it
2: Maybe. i will get on that as yes. soon as i get off this i will send you uh, a, a handful of matches and then uh let me know when you watch them you know anything that i can help or rob he's smarter than i am when it comes to the stardom stuff um and that's i'm one of the smartest people out there when it comes to stardom stuff that's why this is his baby he created this whole deal <laughs> if it wasn't for him we would not be here on the well at least on the stardom cast i'm not going to say in the world but uh, yeah i'll send you a uh, three or four matches and then when you watch them, and when uh, whenever you want to come back on the show, let us know, and we'll just have to we'll we'll work a timeout and uh, we'll reschedule two or three times, like we did this one. And absolutely, <laughs> that's the way it works. And then uh, we'll definitely have you back on the show. This was absolutely amazing. It was so good catching up with you again.
1: Allison. you guys, great to meet you, Rob. And I, Thank you very I'm
2: really much, you too.
0: Um, right guys and that is the end of our podcast thank you so much for listening guys we could not do this without you thank you so much you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast check out the website www.thestarnamcast.com check out the Patreon patreon patreon.com forward slash the stardomcast for loads and loads of historical episodes and all of that good stuff that matt's doing over there um you can find us on social media at the stardomcast if you want to talk to me i, I again don't really know why you would but if you do at real rob goodwin on twitter
2: matt sign us off good sir well before we go allison how about you once you do you want to plug your social medias
1: um so at allison danger on the twitter at the uh, the Alice in danger on um Instagram and TikTok I'm on TikTok you guys like don't do a lot of stuff on TikTok I do a lot of bluey and bingo (laughs) this is the stuff yeah that's that's my happy place right now um so if you just want to see like a goofier side of me go to TikTok uh do I have any other social media probably not I'm not a huge fan um (laughs) but yeah and then uh make sure you check out catalyst wrestling and if you are in the atlanta area april 21st come see me at gcw and see what i'm up to
2: Well, there you go, folks. Yeah, there you go. So if you want to get a hold of me, folks, Matt Turner, OF, on the Instagram and or the Twitter. If social media is not your thing, we completely understand. Hit me up on the email, Stardomcast 22 at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of me at the email. Once again, folks, we thank you so much for your fantastic support. And like I said, any questions, comments, anything that we can do or I can do to make the show better, just let me know. Because like I always say, it's just not my podcast. It's our podcast because we're all together and everybody's different. Everybody's special.